Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello again, and welcome to 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. 4Play is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Lori. Hi. Hi, Adam. How are you? Good. I'm really good. You know what? We have a special thing that we want to offer people today. Okay. And I want to talk about it. We are so grateful for the listeners. Uh, Again, we thank you for your emails. Sometimes we get like multiple emails from one person, which is so great. It's like they listen to us then they hear what they want to hear. They say something back. It's, Mm. It's almost conversational. And we know who you are out there and we thank you for listening and yes. we are grateful for the people who spread the news about our podcast because we know it's really hard to talk about sex in this culture and just telling your friends about it means that they can have a safe place to listen to us talk about it and hopefully improve their own relationship sexually with better communication and better ideas and understanding but our offer is for the first three people who give us a review, which is kind of a hassle. You have to be on your desktop computer to do it. You can't just do it from your phone. You have to go to iTunes and go to Foreplay and then write a review and rate us, you know, rate and review. We're we're only going to do it for the first three people, but we're going to put your names in a hat, draw one of the names, and then we're going to send you a book. So what we need from you is to write the review and then send us an email at info at foreplayrst.com so that we know who you are so we can get you the book. And we're going to send you one of my books, Wanting Sex Again, for free. 
I'll um, autograph it, you know, and, you know, put your name in it or anything you'd like. Or if you want to give it to your partner, that would be great. We would so appreciate it because we know that one of the big ways to spread the podcast is really through reviews. Yeah, that is, uh, and that that's some good odds right there. 33% yeah. to 0.3. Yeah. 33.3 yeah. chance of, yeah. uh, of winning a free book. So that's great. So. Yeah, and we're going to offer this every once in a while. So if you miss it, you know, you can still do that. And if anybody really wants to buy a book and send it to me, I'll definitely autograph it and send it back to you, postage on me. Yeah. Um, but this one, we're going to send it to you for free. So we, we appreciate all of you who have already done that. I think we have 75 reviews, which is fantastic for our length of time and we're looking to do 250. That's our goal. So yeah. by end of the year. So awesome. Yeah. Well, this is also airing right after Hurricane Irma came through, yes. and so we also just want to extend our sympathies and thoughts and prayers to everybody that's been affected Absolutely. affected by Harvey, that. Harvey, Irma, and yeah. what's behind us, right? Jose. Jose, Jose coming yeah. back behind that too. This is so. just a really and and the earthquake in Mexico. You know, our hearts are with. You know, the people who are suffering around the world and around the United States with so many weather related and, you know, earth shaking events, really, um, we're thinking of you. I want to encourage you to like, you know, thoughts and prayers are good. Donations are um, even better. better. So get with the Red Cross, um, get with your uh, favorite charity as well. Absolutely. Established organizations, you know, and donate for sure. So. So today, today we are talking about well, last week we talked about anxiously and avoidantly attached individuals and what that does to your couple relationship sexually, uh, sexually. Yeah. Right. And we want to talk about today about how to create security and safety in your relationships and begin to build back that into into your relationships so that your sex life is the best that it possibly can be. Right. Exactly. So that it is, that exactly. It is hot. Right. And we talked about two different ways. And you can tell me who you want to, how, which way you want to talk about. There's responsibility, you know, obviously on both of the couple, the individual and the couple relationships part to kind of build that safety and security into the relationship. Right. And so there's a responsibility that I have um, to myself to build that safety and uh, security. And there's, there is a responsibility that I have to my partner and to respond to them in a way that creates uh, safety and security. Yeah, in relationship I, as well. I have a college-age son who we've been talking a lot about how secure attachment is really the basis for success in your work and success in interpersonal relationships. Right. And and you know he's he's listening and he's he's starting to buy in a little bit. <laughs> and and basically he said to me, you know, yeah, I, it's like I want to find a securely attached person, mom. But like, how do I get securely attached? And and so, I mean, I think that that is a really great question. Yeah. So let's start with like just ourselves, right? Okay. Um, and, because, and what we do, because there are injuries that we've had to our attachment, right? right? And so right. there's things that trigger us that create a sense of insecurity or um, create a sense that things, that the relationship is not safe and it's not safe enough to risk, particularly sexually, right? Because we've talked yeah. about sex being a vulnerable act. To risk um, passion, to mm-hmm. risk, you know, telling our fantasies, to risk like openness and vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is within safety, we believe, that that hot sex is more likely. Yeah. So I have to begin to deal with those triggers of my own, right, that may or may not be what is actually happening. For instance, if I had a 
highly critical mother, right? Yes, yes. That, that would be, that was always criticizing me, that was always telling me that I was wrong or that I wasn't good enough or in, in either the directly. The kitchen isn't clean uh, enough. Yeah, yeah. That's what I always or, told my kids. Or, or the, the, you know? my room. Gosh. It was always about my room or my grades or <laughs> it was just, if there was just a constant stream right. of criticism, right? Then I'm going to be triggered by any kind of thing that I perceive as criticism, even if it's legitimate concern from my spouse. If, if my spouse comes to me and expresses sexual need or says, why haven't you done the thing that I've asked you to do mm-hmm. that that's really helpful to me, or why haven't mm-hmm. you, you know, responded back to me in this way? That she that if she comes to me with a legitimate concern or criticism, then I'm going to react as if all the safety has gone out of the relationship. And, and react, isn't it, that like you are being personally attacked? Yes. When your partner expresses a need or a disappointment. Mm-hmm. So I have to. So don't you think that I have to then begin, if it's me, I'm using hypotheticals here, but sure. if that's the case for me, then sure, I have we to know begin. your wife would never <laughs> express sexual disappointment or disappointment mm, in who you nope. are. Not <laughs> at all. Satisfaction guaranteed, baby. That's, I, I come with a money back guarantee. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, let's move on from that really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend like that didn't happen. Um, and like, so, so what do you think, Lori, about how do we begin to kind of deal with our own triggers and the things that, you know, we talked about the, the difficulty of differentiation last week, but um, that there is a sense that I have to be my own self and be secure in myself. Right. So that there's I can there's offer a healing me. inside of ourselves that needs to happen, a stability inside mm-hmm. ourselves. And then there's something that we give to our partner that stabilizes the relationship, which we think, honestly, that marriage and committed partnership is the number one place that people can develop emotional safety and Mm -hmm. secure attachment. Second to really therapy, because therapy is, that's the whole basis of it, is somebody who listens intently, who focuses and helps you do this growth with assistance, but okay. So let's pretend you're one or the other. Which one do you want to be in your partnership? Anxiously yeah, attached. Or, uh, anxiously attached. Okay. Sorry, anxiously sorry. attached. Okay. So so you're anxiously attached, and your partner comes to you and says, you know, oh Adam, you know, you, you didn't listen to how I like it. Yeah. And you start to feel kind of panicky, and underneath that panic, hmm. uh, I mean, on the surface, it's like this this insult. I'm not a good lover. I should know. I'm a man. I shouldn't need to be told. I don't even like you telling me. There's all these surface kinds of defensive arguments that defend against hearing our partner as a true and separate other, right? Mm. But the reason for that defensiveness is something inside you, mm. if you're an anxiously attached person. So the basis in you that can't hear that is because inside what happens to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm being self-critical of myself. Yeah, it matches something inside you. Yeah, so that so being able to lower that defensiveness um, to really be able just to truly hear what Mm -hmm. is it that my my partner needs in that is what you're saying there. Right, and so how can we turn down the static? You have to begin to counter kind of, for lack of a better expression, the voices in your head. Yeah, right. We have a narrative that is constantly running about who we are, our identity what makes us us and the, our parents voices are oftentimes the loudest voices 
Yeah. Right. We we can't. I often say it. that to people. Who whose voice is that? Yeah. Who's telling you that? Who's telling you that? Yeah. Exactly. And hoping and, that they associate to the, the familiarity of yeah. it. And I think if we were if we had secure attachment growing up, that part of secure attachment meant that we developed our own voice in our head and mm-hmm. one that we were confident that we were listening to. Well, also I think that we incorporate a positive, nurturing. Yeah self-forgiving voice like yes. like I, I saw this poster recently and i thought gosh i wish i'd put that up in my kids bathroom you know and it's a basically make as many mistakes as possible yeah you know because it's like learning from that right mm. if we can make as many mistakes as possible you know then we can develop the light bulb you yeah. know then we can be expert lovers because we learn from from that yeah. so, so that's a, a way of being self-forgiving i, I was thinking you know, one strategy is to turn down the noise in your head is to use reflective listening. Oh, yeah, um, totally. I, I think that it slows down the conversation, not only for our partner, to for them to feel listened to, but for us to collect our wits. Mm. You know, when our partner is saying, you know, well, you didn't touch me the way I told you to touch me and the way I really like it. It's like, okay, so you were disappointed in this last mm. sexual encounter. I didn't touch you the way you, you keep telling me is really important. It's like, in the moment of passion, I, I somehow or another got lost in myself. I didn't hear you. See, I'm not admitting. I'm not saying, you're right, I'm a dirtbag and I'm, I'm lousy for forgetting. And I'm not defending either, saying, I did forget or I didn't forget. I'm just hearing and it gives my own brain hmm. a chance to slow down and, and then to think, right? Because yeah. I think what happens in our reactivity is we stop thinking. Oh, absolutely. We're yeah, just our reacting. Over, yeah, yeah our, our, reactive, our yeah. body, our blood pressure goes up. You know, our body gets activated in, in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And we, we stop using our brain to mitigate the situation. Yeah. I also think that we oftentimes take responsibility for other people's feelings, right? And And so, like, we have to stop doing that, with, especially with our partner. We have to allow feelings to be value neutral. Right. right. And that, that means that they're they're just they're just feelings. And so I don't, ha- you know, part of holding myself in a secure place is I not taking responsibility for your feelings. And I get to then respond to your feelings and be with you in your feelings rather than having this running dialogue in my head about all the reasons why the feelings that you're feeling are telling me that I'm wrong or that there's something that's bad or injured about me. Yeah, um, I'm perfect about you. Or something. Yeah, and yeah. and that's and I think that's just such an important thing, and that allows us to hold ourselves in balance, right? I think that that's coming to a balanced place of identity with myself, where I'm okay with my flaws and I'm honest about my flaws, but I'm also honest in about my strengths and what I and what I'm good at, and holding that in balance allows me to then respond appropriately to my partner. I don't hear them being when they're critical about something that is happening with me, I can say, oh, yeah, that's that's honest. That's true. I, I, I do that and I need to be better at that. Mm-hmm. Or it also says, well, I think I'm pretty good at this area. That's the positive voice that oftentimes is missing, right? right. That, that affirmation voice that sometimes gets messed up in insecure attachment that we have to find a way to start replacing um, and start uh, speaking more to ourselves. Right, that I can make mistakes because I'm human, but that doesn't mean I'm still not good. Mm-hmm. So you're good. It's okay to make mistakes. Right. We're going to be right back with more from Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with Dr. Adam Matthews and sex therapist Lori Watson.
Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them, it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique, and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthew's with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. We're back with Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy and your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. And we're talking about attachment theory and how to become securely attached and what that does to open up the sexual relationship, right? Because anxiously attached people, the sexual pursuer often believes that the other is controlling the sexual situation. And avoidantly attached people are often dialing down in attunement to their own sexual desire, mm-hmm. not being able to vulnerably, you know, enter the sexual relationship. So they may have low desire, which is not consciously a strategy, but sometimes an emotional pullback. Mm-hmm. And we want to help you become more securely attached as a person and in your relationship so that we can have that secure, safe place to be open to wild sex. Yeah. Right? yeah, to be able to be vulnerable and risk hot sex. Uh, hot sex. Yeah, because okay. it is it, it is it is that right. Yeah. Um, and so we talked about before some strategies that I can do to control my own anxiety, my own the things that are happening inside of me. But I wonder what we can offer to our partners as well as how do we engage in the relationship in such a way that makes it safe and secure, mm-hmm. that builds that secure attachment mm-hmm. um, in our relationship, right? And what we can what we can begin to do and offer in that way. Yeah, and we've talked a little bit about bids, right? Mm-hmm. That responding to our partner's bid for attention, which is not necessarily waving a flag that says, hey, I need your attention, but it might be any comment, you yeah. know, from look at the cardinal outside to 
you know, what do you want for dinner to, hey, you know, how about tonight? Mm-hmm. All of those are bids for an interaction with our partner. Man, that's turning, again, that's turning towards the relationship instead of turning away. Right. right? Attachment is so based to in our, in the emotional world, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it has its expressions in the physical world, but it, it is so, it is about responding to those emotions as well. Um, and one of the things that I think we offer to our partner is a safe place to express those emotions, right? Did you ever do, Lori, did you ever do a trust fall exercise oh, totally. with a group? Uh, totally. I, I grew up in, in groups and absolutely, I did hundreds yeah. of them. Yeah, I think I did too. I don't know if they still, I don't know if they still do them. I haven't they done do one them in a while. They do them in the business world. I mean, yeah. there's all sorts of trust fall kind of activities. Like, I mean, if, if you've never experienced a trust fall, basically you're up on a like six foot platform you know, with your back turned to a group um, that you're trying to is expressing trust to you, and they have to catch you. You have to lean back and <gasps> fall back blind. You know, wow. fall back blind and let them and trust that they're going to catch you, right? Yeah. And just such a terrifying experience. If you never done, it doesn't sound that bad. Yeah. But for most people, like it is, it is a, it's a risk, right? Right. And if you're like allergic to dependency, that is really <laughs> right. hard to do. Right. Right. It really tests you. So I think I say all that to say, like in, I think in relationships, and tell me what you think about this, Lori, but that in relationships that we engage in emotional trust falls all the time. Right. They can be really small ones. Um, they can be, you know, from just things such as let me tell you about how frustrating my day was um, mm-hmm. to really big ones where you really say to do this sexually. It's a big it's a big risk for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like anything mm-hmm. like that where we're offering to our partner what is going on in our inner world is a is a trust fall exercise. It's an emotional trust fall. And as as the partner. I have to be able to catch my wife when she does that right. emotionally, right. right? That means that I have to make it safe for her to make that expression. And and I just don't think people are good at that. And I think most of us are not good at that. We say things like, well, you you shouldn't feel this way or yeah. or you don't have to feel that way or let, me or, fix it for you. or let me fix it for you or, you know, haven't you thought about this? And we don't create a safe place for them to be, to express their emotion and be who they are yeah, in I, that moment. I, I think that we miss it. Yeah. You know, I don't think that we realize our partner is doing a trust fall with us either. You know, it just feels like, you know, the ramp up to an argument or it's going to be a complaint or I need to get ready to guard myself. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, we don't realize that there's such vulnerability in offering that up. Yeah, absolutely. We don't, we don't know that they just want us to catch them. Mm -hmm. And so if I, if I'm either anxiously or avoidantly attached, right, I stop offering those things up. If I'm anxiously attached, I stop talking about how much I need something or I just grow really angry. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so my emotion comes out as anger rather than as need and, and and desire. And if I'm avoidantly attached, I just stop talking the period. I stop offering I anything up mm-hmm. and I completely withdraw and shut down um, yeah. inside. I you know, I think I talk about pursuers, both emotional and sexual pursuers, and there are often stages in the relationship where they give up mm. and they become the distancer and, and that's you know, what the research says, which Gottman says, you know, that that is the the part of them that has given up is really one of the four horsemen of the relational apocalypse, you know, and so that's like a warning, right, that our yeah. relationship is in peril. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do we catch our partner, Adam? How do we catch them when they do the trust fall? Well, there's a couple things that I think they off- we offer up 
um, to people. And I think one of them is empathy. Mm-hmm. I think we have to learn, for most of us, empathy is learned. It's not an automatic response for humans, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and empathy is difficult because uh, Brene Brown has a great video on the difference between sympathy and empathy. Um, And we tend to offer sympathy more than we offer empathy. Uh Um, And she talks about that empathy is climbing down into the hole with the person, right? That emotionally, things like depression, anxiety, um, any kind of even just grief, any kind of like dark emotion that comes up or difficult emotion that comes up. You probably shouldn't say dark, but just difficult. It knocks us kind of into a hole. And empathy is getting down and experiencing that emotion with the person and connecting to something in ourselves that is similar, that we felt before we may have never gone through exactly what they've experienced right but we we have experienced maybe a rejection or a loss or something that we can connect with that we can offer genuinely to that person as opposed to sympathy which most of us have been taught to offer which is you know reaching down and say oh that's really too bad mm-hmm. right Brene Brown says that we offer at least right at least you're not this way at yeah. least you know you lost you lost a uh, you had a miscarriage and you say, well, well at, at least, least you can still, still have children. At least you can still have children, yeah. right? Or yeah. something like that. And so sexually, like that happens as well. We talk about our sexual feelings and our partner says, well, you know, at least we have this. At least I didn't, at least I only had an affair once or at least um, mm-hmm. it was just emotional or, and we just, all, we invalidate those feelings as as opposed to offering empathy and trying to get in, connect with our partner and understand. Right, and, and empathy would be more like, I hear you. It's so yeah. painful what you're going through. And, and I remember, like, you know, I mean, the difficulty is it's double down, right? Because mm-hmm. usually our partner, the difficulty is when they're expressing painful things that we've done to them. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's one thing for them to express a painful issue at work, and hopefully we can match that and catch them in that trust fall. But it's mm-hmm. when they're saying, this isn't working for me. Let's yeah. say it's the sexual pursuer who says, look at, I really need more sex. Mm. You know, and you're the sexually distancing partner. Like, how do you catch that? Because they're obviously saying what is being provided is not enough. But mm. I, I would say, you know, first of all, I'll say, you know, I hear you. Sex for you is deeply, deeply important. It's how you feel most connected to me. It's It's simply... Like feeling, you know, feeding it back in some ways with care, you know, without defensiveness by saying, you know, I know it's important for me too to feel connected. I know how important that is. And this is what you're saying. You're saying it's really important for you to feel connected to me and how you do that, how you, you know, most favor that is sexually. And and when we're not having sex very frequently, you feel lost. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel lost to you and you feel lost from me. Mm-hmm. It's it's knowing what it feels like to be unattached, right? Yeah. Because I think that's the deepest thing that gets triggered in conflict is an unconscious belief that somehow or other there's a rupture in yeah. the relationship that will leave us without our, our partner. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, most of our seeking of connection is about this fear of somehow or another I will be alone in the world and I really think that as humans uh, we're kind of designed if you will from the very earliest ages to seek attachment so that we're safer Mm. you know our survival is is more guaranteed I think going through adulthood with a partner is a better way to live yeah you know you can face the winds and storms together and it's better 
Yeah, well, there's an acceptance there too of everything of everything about you, everything that's ever been rejected about you leading up to when you move into this your committed relationship. Like you're looking for that acceptance, and it you're for better or worse, right? I think there's mm-hmm. good and bad about this, but a lot of times we move into those relationships thinks it, thinking it's going to fix everything. Sure. Right. And there's sure. there is some good in that of going, this is supposed to be the safe relationship that I've always wanted. Um, yes. You know, and the, the bad in that, the difficulty in that is going, that doesn't really happen. Well, right? I, no, I think that it's the belief that it automatically happens. Uh, yeah, that's good. You know, that somehow or another, our desire for the relationship to be the secure place that our partners should be that secure person mm. without any growth in them, without any growth in us, and without us co-creating that. Mm. I'm not saying that our partner meets every need. That's right. unrealistic. But in terms of providing a safety place, mm-hmm. I, I think that is realistic. And I think that, but it's work. Yeah, It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's totally a lot of work. You yeah, know? absolutely. And, and we have to do that, I think, in committed partnership in order to offer that safe place for hot sex. Mm. I'm not talking cozy. I'm talking about tolerance of intimacy, of deep connection, and tolerance of our partner's separateness and different ideas and and even different ways to express sexual pleasure and and all of that. I mean, both things are rough. Mm -hmm. And we have to grow, like you said earlier in the podcast, we have to develop ourselves and we have to develop a way to offer this to our partner. So thanks for listening. This is Four Play Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Please do a rate and review for us, and I'm sure you'll hear that in one of the ads too, but we will send you a book. Thanks. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends, and please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.